Today's lesson was 2 Nephi 25 and 26. And as I studied, these two questions kept coming to my mind. And finally, I figured out that that's how I should start. So on the board, I wrote, what do you know of Christ? And then under that, what do you believe of Christ? And I started and asked the kids to think about that in their mind. And then I said, how do you know that of Christ, that thing you thought, or how do you, why do you believe what you believe of Christ? Is it from your own life and, and what he's been in your life? Is it from your family? Is it from your friends? Is it from the scriptures? It's from, is it from stories that you've read in the scriptures? So I said, as we start these two chapters, I want you to really keep in your mind, what do you believe of Christ and what do you know of him? And then with the reference, I, um, I thought of the fact that when I taught singing time in primary, I would ask the kids who their hero was in the Book of Mormon. And probably 90% of the kids would say Nephi. And I said, you need to, as we get into this, remember that Nephi's Nephi, the prophet that he loves and fills this desire to share those words like go and do, which is our theme this year, is Isaiah. And as we go forward reading this, you need to realize he loves Isaiah. He's so excited to share these things with us because Isaiah is his hero. And so um, in verse 4, um, it talks about he who has the spirit of prophecy will understand. And I said, so if you look down, it says the spirit of prophecy is a testimony who here can say they have a testimony, then we must have the spirit of prophecy. And then in verse eight, it says they are worth, they are of great worth to the children of men. And he that supposeth they are not to them, I speak particularly. And I said, so all of us who are sitting here saying these are so hard to understand. Can we just skip it? He's talking to us. And then he talks about there'll be a great worth in the last days. And I said, we all know this is the last days. That's us. So I had them read 12 through 15 in their groups and tell me what it's talking about. And it's talking all about the birth of Christ and the death of Christ and the scattering of the Jews and the destruction of Jerusalem. And so I said, why um, does God do this? If you, if your parents ask you to clean your room over and over and over, do they ever say, okay, I'm just done with you. Find a new family to live with. I said, doesn't that seem harsh? Doesn't that seem mean? Does that seem like the God that we think of? And um, it was really cool. They talked about how we have this history of um, the Jews, we have a history of the Tower of Babylon. We have a history of the Nephites being destroyed. We know all of this. And why does God do that? And then we go to 16 through 18 and the kids were able to come to this. It's, he turns up the heat um, so that they will turn to him. His whole purpose is for them to recognize him as the Savior and to turn to him. And we also talked about that it is a kindness so that they won't be accountable. Laman and Lemuel, when they turned from the Lord, were cut off so they would not be accountable. The same thing happens in our church court system. They are cut off so they're not accountable. It is all a kindness and the heat 
um, when you remove yourself from the spirit, life's going to get tougher, but also um, God does allow the heat to turn up because when we go through trial, when we go through hard things, that's when we turn to the Savior. And they were the ones who, who talked about that. It was really cool to hear them share um, of the cool things that had been happening in their life recently, how they had seen little acts that of kindness that people had done for them to help them feel the love of God. And that was really cool. Um, we then went to verse 23 that talks about after all we can do, we're saved after all we can do, which went right after that. He wants everyone to turn to him. And I wrote up several verses, 14, 16, 20, 23, 24, 26, 28, 29. Those are all the verses that say again and again and again, believe in Christ. I write up a mathematical equation and say, okay, it says we will be saved after all we can do. And so then I say to the kids, okay, what is all we can do? Tell me all we can do. And so they start calling out things like go to church, read your scriptures, say your prayers, attend the temple, service, come follow me. Um, oh gosh, we had so many things up there. I'm trying to even think of everything they had. I said, okay, now pretend you're President Nelson. What else? What is his all he can do? And they have revelation up there and service and all these things. And so I said, okay, so now am I saved? Am I saved if I do all of this? And by the time they have President Nelson's list up there, it's pretty daunting. And I said, okay, so now I want you to think that, that we're Laman and Lemuel. What on this list needs to be erased? We erased almost everything. We said um, that they did have family scripture study, sort of. They did have prayer, sort of. And that they did serve, sort of. And I said, okay, is that all they can do so they'll be saved? Is that fair that they're saved and President Nelson saved? What does that mean? And the cool thing is that they finally get to that what that scripture means is that belief in Christ, that the atonement makes up the difference for all of us. It doesn't matter how much or how little we do. Without him, none of us gets in. And it doesn't matter if we're President Nelson. It doesn't matter if we're Laman or Lemuel. All we can do is believe in Christ because he is the way we are saved. And that was really awesome. Um, we then watched a video. It was really cool. I had the thought come late last night of a video that I had seen years ago, and it's called He Will Give You Help. And it's about a boy in Tabor, Canada, who um, was in a car accident with his two best friends, and one of his, he's the driver, and one of his best friends dies. And the other one is in a coma for a month, and he walks away with bruises. And it's just a powerful, powerful video. Um, he says in it, I wondered who I was and if the Lord even knew who I was and was aware of me and what I was going through. And so then I had them share what stood out to them. And it was cool. One um, student talked about, you know, I never had really a solid knowledge of the plan of salvation. Those are just things we say until she said my mom had a heart attack and um, she said all of a sudden the plan of salvation became very real to me and um, it was so cool to hear them share 
things that stood out in this video that this boy said. He was so grateful that no one else blamed him. That 200, over 200 students came from the school to the seminary to find hope and to find peace um, because they knew that this kid that was killed was a member of the church and they wanted to know why he was okay and why his friends were okay. So it was neat to hear them share what stood out to them. And afterwards, I had them journal and answered those two questions. What do you know of Christ? What do you believe of Christ? And then um, when we turn to 26, uh, verse 3 talks about, I mean, the very first three verses talks about after the Messiah and those who are destroyed after all of that destruction after his crucifixion. And then it talks about um, the wicked that perish are they who cast out the prophets and the saints and stone them and slay them. And I said, isn't that such a low bar? It's those who are spared didn't kill, cast out, or deny the prophet. And the thing that really hit me as I read it this time is I thought, I was kind of laughing going, we don't do that. We don't cast him out. We don't stone him. And the thought came, do you not cast him out? You just had conference where you heard 15 prophets. Do you, in effect, cast them out when you choose not to listen to their counsel? That was a huge aha for me. So we talked about that and we read the quote, President Nelson said, immerse yourself in the glorious light of the restoration. As you do, General Conference next April will not only be memorable, but it will be unforgettable. So at the bottom of their journal pages where they answered, what do you know of Christ? What do you believe of Christ? I had them write a goal for their preparation in this last month before conference that they might be ready to hear the message that Christ has, that God has specifically for them. And then... um. We just talked about how everything Christ does is to draw us to him, to save us all. Um, it was an awesome experience to hear the kids share and to share how others serving them or things that happen in their life, all these tender mercies, how it is a witness to them of how God is involved in their life and loves them. It was a powerful thing to get to be a part of. And I loved um, hearing them testify of their belief in Christ and their knowledge through others' goodness that he is aware of them and wants us all back. I did want a quick ad. I know it's the Tower of Babel not the Tower of Babylon. <laughs>